How's it, internet? And recorded live from the MVP Summit, this is Two Guys in SharePoint. Yes, the only SharePoint show in South Africa where everything matters and there are no points. Welcome, Modlin, for the second time in 37 minutes. How's it, Al? No, it's good to, good to have you on. Uh, we're coming to you live from Channel 9, I think it's Studio B. Studio A, Studio, Studio A? C. Studio C. Studio C. This time we are coming to you live from Studio C, and uh, I've got a couple of guests in the studio with us, and then we've got, uh, uh, we've actually got all the MVPs at the MVP Summit from South Africa in the same room. So if a meteor or Donald Trump had to fart really loudly after not winning the elections, um, he'd probably destroy all the the real really good MVPs in South Africa. Oh, wow. Fine. Uh, we'll we'll pick up the snack. It's cool. All right. Um, so, yes, it's, it's great to be here. We've had a good couple of days. We've got a good couple of days left. Uh, the team that I have with me, we all know Tracy. She's been on before. And we've got Taylor Gibb as well in the studio with us. Uh, Taylor, tell us a bit about yourself, mate. So, my name is Taylor Gibb, name and surname this time. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm a software developer at a company called Derifco, uh, based in Durban, sunny South Africa. I am on the research and development team, so we do awesome things to make the company a better place, research into different aspects of the business, as well as doing exploratory research into things that could become products in the future. All right. Uh, you also a regional director for, for Microsoft in South Africa. What uh, the wording's a bit strange though, because people will say, oh no, you're a regional director for Microsoft South Africa and everyone thinks you work for Microsoft. Can you talk, talk us through that? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of confusion. And actually, like, since this all happened, there's been many mail trails on the, like our distribution lists and stuff about the naming of, of the, the program, because that's what it really is, right? Just like the MVP program, the regional director program, is also a thing so we don't work for microsoft um the difference between the mvp program and the regional director program is that um, the regional director program spans verticals mvp program is for specific verticals so like my vertical is um uh, windows development which was windows platform development so like xbox uh, windows phone i remember like gordon saying something about that being a fake mvp yeah gordon's a <laughs> TFS MVP or yeah. something. Uh, Gordon's know. the guy sitting behind <laughs> the desk, flipping through um, the different screens that everyone will get. Uh, Tracy, good to have you. Well, thanks. It's uh, great to uh, be on the show again. This is your first MVP summit. It is. Super psyched uh, to be here. So, Tracy van Scaife, as you guys know, I think I was one of your first, uh, was your first interview? Second. I think it was the second podcast. Oh, because the first one you were in. We had the Martin job. Really <laughs> bad audio, but that's all been resolved. But yeah, first uh, first time, yeah, and um, it's quite an amazing experience. So. Okay, getting your feet wet. What's the swag like? Swag's great. Um, got to work for it. <laughs> Martin, you've got some questions, eh? I do. Um, you guys are obviously at the MVP Summit, which is very exciting. Hobnobbing it up with uh, all your contemporaries. So I'm sure everybody else who's left back at home um, really looks up to the MVPs and are possibly wanting to get to that position themselves. Can you maybe all three of you talk through what your path was to that and how people could maybe emulate you? All right. Uh, that's a different question to the last one we had. No, so, it's pretty much the same. 
All right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a bit more politically correct right now. Uh, my path, my path, uh, funnily enough, I was actually in the program for about three years. And because South Africa went through a bunch of changes with the MVP lead, Rory Plint leaving, um, I'd actually, so the way it works is someone nominates you, or you can actually, if you're brave enough, nominate yourself. Good luck with that. And uh, they send you a form that you fill out to display the evidence that you've participated in blog posts, or you've got your own blog, or you've got your own podcast like we have, or you attend conferences and you speak at conferences and so forth. So, so I'd been in the program for the better part of three years. Every year, they send me a form, I fill it out, and then it disappears. It, no one comes back to me. And Rory left, and then there was this array. And I remember speaking to Sanem at the time, before Hyundai got involved, and I filled in the form again, and I completely forgot about it. And what happens is, on the first quarter of every month, it's either renewed or new MVPs that come into the program. And they got my email address wrong. So I didn't get any notification that I became an MVP. Uh, eight days later, UPS shows up at my door with a box from Microsoft. And I didn't even know what it was. I thought it was swag for shipping Saturday. Jumped in the shower, carried on. And then on the way out of the door, I remembered, shit, man, I've got a box on my desk. And I opened the box and pressed, I have it at all. And I actually phoned under, I said, you should mine because I didn't get any notification. And that's that's how I got into the, the MVP program. But really, it's more about your commitment to the community. Uh, that's what it is. Don't go um, chasing a unicorn, which is what the MVP program is. If you're chasing it, you're not going to get it. Uh, commitment to the community, learning for sharing. Uh, enjoy what you do with people. Um, share your knowledge and, and, and learn through that. that that's really... Where, where the community really is and how uh, Microsoft sees the MVP program. Taylor, anything from your side? How did you get involved? So for me, it started four years ago. So I've been an MVP for four consecutive years. Um, so you were an MVP before you were allowed to drink legally? Yeah, in fact, when I came <laughs> to my first MVP summit, I wasn't allowed to drink. <laughs> I, I wasn't... 18, I was, I think the legal wow. age I was 21, yeah, and I was just turned 18, I think. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, but I think for me, it started just out of my love at the time for blogging. I mean, I used to blog about all sorts of things, and uh, Microsoft recognized that, and one thing led to another, and I just kind of got into the program. And over time, my interest in the stuff I blogged about and my um, commitment to the community has sort of changed. So, uh, four years ago, I, I was very interested in blogging whereas like these days i'm more of an active speaker in the community and doing workshops i've got quite a big commitment to the universities and working with students as well like that's something i'm very passionate about so i think it's just being rewarded for my passion which is great it's not like as you said i don't chase the unicorn i just do what i was gonna do in my day-to-day -day life and if microsoft likes it or it aligns with what they're doing then we get rewarded for it tracy your journey I mean, it's, it's fairly new to you, but it you've been around funny. MVPs for years now. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, again, chasing the unicorn. Funny how that's become a term. But, uh, it is now. But it, it is now. Hashtag chasing the unicorn. Yeah. So, it definitely wasn't uh, something on a wish list of mine. It wasn't something that I ever felt I had to achieve or tried to work towards. I didn't go and research what I had to do. Um, I really didn't know um, that I would get it. And again, and that keeps on coming up in the conversations, is that it's passion. 
if you do things for the right reasons, then uh, you know good stuff will happen to you. I think uh, I, I pretty much think all of us sitting here is, is very passionate about speaking at conferences and sharing things with people and sharing our passion because it rubs off and and that just spreads like wildfires. I mean, there's so many people that are eager to learn and that look up to us to actually learn from us and to uh, to share in our journeys. I think that's uh, that's the big thing. And for me. Obviously, because I'm a trainer as well, and um, I head up the academy for for GT them, is to is to help people to learn every day. Um, not a lot of people have um, access to to training facilities or funds to get training, and I think that's why the whole blog challenge thing was big for me is to mm. to bring crazy stuff to people every day that they can learn things every single day. Taylor's taken up the challenge though, one blog a day for how many days? I, I didn't, I didn't well, well, ever formally you know accept what, the challenge. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a foot in the door. Um, so, so my challenge is, uh, is the Office 365 challenge. So because of Office 365, I said I'll write 365 blogs um, over the next 365 days. But because you're gonna, not going to go specifically for Office 365, I'm going to give you your own number to make up. But as long as you join the challenge, because you don't have to go for 365. Come on. But it's so easy. Just all join us, pick a number, pick a number. Dude. Troll pick a number. the org.za or gov.za sites and blog about every site that's not secure. <laughs> been doing Let's really change well the subject <laughs> really, really quickly. Um, but I am um, really keen on blogging a little bit more. So I actually started yesterday. I published my first blog article in a while and I'm going to try and get to one today. So I'm going to try and get to the end of the month and see how it goes, and then okay. if I if I manage to get to the end of the month, we can take it from there. Let's well, see if we get out of the country first. Yeah, well, with the elections, I'm just waiting for the dollar to drop so I can buy more stuff on the microsystem. <laughs> <laughs> Rod, uh, does that does that answer your question, mate? Yeah, thanks. I think that's very good. I think that's um, very useful information for for the guys who listen to the podcast. Thanks. You've got a couple, and then. Uh, yeah, I've got another question for you guys. Microsoft very recently has been sort of on a wave of releasing of, of new releases and new stuff's coming out all the time. We've got the Dynamics 365, we've got Power Apps and Flow and they're open sourcing a bunch of their machine learning stuff and all this. Um, I'd just kind of like to know, obviously you guys can't talk about what's, what's in your MVP sessions, which I'm super jealous about. Um, but of the stuff that's that's coming out, what are you all most excited about? Taylor, you want to kick off that one? So, yeah, um, from my side, uh, I'm very excited about uh, the HoloLens and mixed reality. I honestly think that mixed reality is going to be, be the future. I mean, VR cuts you off from the world, so I think the HoloLens is a little bit of a gem at the moment. Um, so that's something I'm, I'm very excited about at the moment. And then also Azure, I mean... <laughs> I'm on some of the distribution lists and I cannot keep up with the amount of releases and just just new things they're doing in Azure. I mean, at the moment, I'm very excited about, you know, things like um, Power Apps, um, uh, the Microsoft machine learning stuff, the AI stuff. Um, I think there's a lot of goodness coming from there. Um, yeah, I think I think the cloud and mixed reality is are my, my two big things. Okay, Tracy? So again, and I mean, that's what, what makes us pretty cool in coming to the summit is how we, we're all here to learn different things and it's all different angles. And, and even around this table, what we're going to take away from this is going to be something.
happened. Um, but but that's pretty cool for me about what's happening is um, is how Microsoft is is putting the power back in end users' hands. So from our Office 365 and SharePoint side of um, that's that's really powerful for me. That's that that I can see that there's been quite a shift in this last year. Uh, you you basing that purely on on, on pipes flow, oh, flow and, and power and apps those, uh, those type of things and and, and even well. if, if if you just think groups and all of those things um and how people can start making their own decisions again how it's not an IT decision so so even though IT's always complained about having to do things they've always just had to do the things um, and now that shift is changing where people can yeah. make their own decisions again yeah. I tend to agree with quite a bit with Taylor on where where the world's going. When it comes to uh, infrastructure management, infrastructure as a service, platform as a service, I think the old companies that have been selling bucket loads of tin will, in ten years, no longer exist. Uh, that's my prediction, anyway. Or they'll sell it to Microsoft, who will need the tin. Yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> well, so, that's so a business happening right now. <laughs> if, if you own a company that's uh, doing data center refreshes right now, um, my suggestion is get out of that business and stop selling blades. Because in 10 years' time, the only blades you're going to be selling is either to Amazon or to Microsoft. And it's a, it's a big concern because you've got quite a few companies in South Africa that make a bucket load of money selling HPE and Dell and, and EMC and all of this stuff. But realistically speaking, I don't think companies are going to spend 20, 30, 40 million rand on doing a data center refresh when they can literally move to the cloud. They pay for consumption, they're not paying for licensing anymore. So they're not licensing SQL Core. Uh, they're actually just paying for consumption. They don't have to worry about IOPS. Every month when the transactional stuff goes spikes, they don't have to worry about backups restoring. They don't have to worry about swapping out disks. Frankly, as someone was saying to me that they have people specifically hired at Microsoft's data centers. And all they do is they run around replacing failed disks. I wouldn't be surprised. That's all they do. I wouldn't be surprised. Failed disks. That's their job. They're the failed disk swapper outer. Swapper outer. <laughs> That's an official official job title. No, but seriously. <laughs> they, 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 Technical they, term. They yeah, so uh, it's actually, actually quite so. interesting. I think also, I'm jumping in here, but I think one of the, the, the biggest factors for me at the moment is that we need data centers in South Africa. This is a very South African problem. But like we have or I work with some stuff that, you know, we would prefer to have uh, local data centers rather than data centers in the States. And I mean, that's also just for content delivery as well. Um, you, you get huge speed benefits by having, and neither, as far as I know, AWS nor Microsoft has, has data yeah. centers in yeah. Africa. Yeah. So that, that's, that's a big thing for me at the moment. And you'll probably find it takes Africa a little bit longer to get on board this cloud, um, cloud train if, if I can call it that. Well, Africa, sub-Saharan Africa, so let's just talk about South Africa and the rest of the world, uh, the rest of the continent. They actually leap from. So if you look at data, LTE's been around in Kenya longer than it's been in South Africa yeah. because they've leapfrogged traditional copper Absolutely. and they've gone on that route. So for them to embrace data centers in another country, yeah, it's been much easier for them compared to South Africans and worrying about bandwidth and all those things. But we've seen... Uh, I've got a 40 meg line at home now. Yeah. You know, so, so the, one of the days where people are complaining about, oh, we don't have a big enough pipe. We've got a big enough pipe. They're rolling out fiber to the home. And we should see that um, increase the take up into, into the cloud. 
Absolutely. So one of my friends that I work with actually just got 50 meg fiber. Now, obviously, fiber speeds are symmetric, so it's 50 down and okay. 50 up. And he's paying 850 rand a month, which is less than I'm paying for a 10 meg ADSL line, okay. which to me is just bizarre. With that said, I think we do have our own set of challenges, though. Like, it's not only about having a big enough pipe, it's about we have electricity problems. Okay. So I think we... we we have a unique set of problems that need to be need to be solved, but there's nothing stopping us from using data centers in other countries at the moment. I fully agree. I think it's definitely the future. JC, how does it affect your, your user adoption side of things when it comes to power outages? And uh, I mean, surely that's quite significant. Well, just the data center side of things. I mean, if you if you think um, everything just takes longer, that's got a huge impact on user adoption. And, uh, and and whether it's that real or not, people just knowing that we don't have our own data center, you already have that negativity around um, whether they want to go that route or not, not even knowing how much it will impact them. So from that point of view, and, and I think that's why the training is actually change management. I mean, user adoption falls into change management is, is explaining what the pros and cons are. So not just focusing on the bad side of things, is also focusing on, on what it is, the advantages that they'll have. So of course it has an impact. All right. Anything else, Rod, from your side? I know you had a few questions. Uh, <clears throat> uh, that's probably it. Actually, if, if I can put Tracy on the spot, um, you, you're a big uh, Yammer fan, Tracy. Oh, <laughs> I, I hope that was sarcasm, man. <laughs> lots and lots of sarcasm. Yes. The last <laughs> and like, maybe just like for, for everybody, with, with the, the increased... Uh, output Microsoft has stuff like um, the new Microsoft Teams. Mm. Uh, it, it works in a different space to things like Yammer, but um, I think a lot of customers and a lot of consultants are a little confused about exactly where it fits and are a bit worried that it's it's sort of cannibalizing other yeah. uh, other functionality like like Yammer. Okay. So, what, what do you guys think? So, <laughs> but uh, if, if I think of communication tools, and I, I did a big uh, internet project uh, at one of our banks in, in SA for about two years, and uh, they were rolling out um, quite a lot of communication platforms and tools together. Um, and uh, I think the biggest problem we had is that end users don't always know when to use what for what. So, so yeah. a lot of decisions are made by techies, and a lot of decisions are made by people that really understand technology well. So they don't even double think about it. They, there's no doubt in their mind with what to use for what. So, and and decisions are made about around boardroom tables and on golf courses. So, so by the time it hits the end user, they actually don't know what to use for what. So they either end up not using any of it, or they end up using technology for the wrong platform. So, and that's why change management is, is so important. If, uh, if we think of, of any new things that gets added, and I mean, I'm not just talking about change management, I'm also talking about governance and uh, compliance. Any new things that gets added um, should be communicated well and should be trained. We kind of think, um, and I mean, that's a big thing. A lot of my sessions was about um, intuitive design, and uh, it's only intuitive if you've never been burned by something before. That's why kids get to understand technology a lot better than grown-ups do or older people do, like, you know, us, like older people. But uh, because we've been burned by technology and we've been burned by, by programs or technology or communication platforms, it doesn't work. So it's not intuitive. Even though someone's selling it to be, it's not. People don't automatically understand what to use for what. So from a governance point of view and then also from usability and from people adopting it, um, I'm concerned about it. 
but but I know we'll have to address it um, in a specific way by by putting a bit more effort in and by communicating it well um, and and training the people to know what to use when. From a usability perspective, uh, Taylor, you work in a different space to us. Um, how are you finding user experience design? I mean, that must be pivotal to to what you do. You must be under NDAs all the time in the space that you work in. Uh, but user experience is probably paramount to you. Yeah, so at work we have a whole user experience team. So me coming from a research team, it doesn't really matter for me because I'm normally creating prototypes or researching certain things, releasing documents based on months and months of research. Um, so for me, it doesn't matter. The end product that chips out the door, I think with any piece of software these days, it's it's vitally important. I mean, I'd go so far as to say, I don't download an app if it doesn't have a nice icon, just because, yeah, like things right. must be aesthetically good and they must be functional at the same time. You can't have an app with all the functionality, but it doesn't look that great because then I don't want to use it. At the same time, you can't have an app that looks great, that lacks functionality. So I think like the challenge these days is finding a middle ground where you can release a product that's both functional and aesthetically pleasing. Right on your side, uh, we've got a, a larger year into the underpinnings of what happens at Microsoft, but the consumerism of IT, how are you experiencing that on your side, right? I mean, you see the world a little bit differently to us. Um, I think I think the pace that everything's moving is scaring a lot of clients, frankly. Um, scaring us. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's scaring me. Uh, the, the, the sort of thing is... It, it, it's rough enough for consultants like us to keep up with. And we spend a lot of time and energy doing that. You know, we put in the long hours, we checking out the preview builds, we're paying attention to what's coming up on the roadmaps and all of that. So we can kind of see where it's coming and um, prepare a bit for it. But um, the client, especially if they don't have a strong relationship with, with a consulting house, um, they, they can almost get blindsided by this sort of thing. Um, so, that things are a little rough at the moment. I mean, it's it's an exciting time, right? This is, if if ever you're going to get into this space, now is the time to do it, because the, this is when everything's happening. And uh, it's as, as Tracy said, it's sort of deciding when when the right when when's the right time to use what technology. And it's it's probably not a case throwing everything against the wall and and seeing what sticks. You got to take sort of a more metered approach to it. I also think that we um, feeling feeling the change so much is because I think everyone here would agree we're all Microsoft guys. Like we like Microsoft products, we might use other products as well. But for the most part, what we track are Microsoft products. I mean, we check out the preview builds and such of Microsoft products. If we look at other technology companies like Apple, for example, in my opinion, they they're getting more and more stagnant. And I think that the changes that Satya is doing within Microsoft and the, I think they've embraced a culture shift, which is why we're seeing all this communication and we're getting more of these notifications from the teams earlier and earlier. I think in the Microsoft world, it's moving extremely quickly. Yeah, definitely. It's difficult to keep up. We, we've always seen that, especially in the, the office space. Uh, office Azure, probably the biggest, the two biggest platforms Microsoft have right now. Um, they're doing a little bit. It would be great to get Gordon on the line somehow. Uh, maybe you could dial in and tell us a bit. Actually, Taylor, can you step in and just give us an overview of Gordon? 
Um, yeah, so Gordon also works at Dorifco. Um, oh, actually, hold on. There we go. Can you come and sit here? Oh, you do. Damn it. <laughs> okay, great. He's off so, screen. He's busy. Yeah. He's doing the chopping and changing. Yeah, so Gordon is actually sitting in the background and we've been for about 40 minutes now and he finally tells us, I've actually got a mic here. <laughs> so, uh, so Taylor, I think you can actually just swivel that camera for a moment and you can swap cameras so they can see you. Let me try. Let me try. You, you don't want to be playing with the, the, the cameras. Just go, go. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. That shot. Go for it. Go. Okay, switch, switch the camera. Just switch the camera. There we, there we go. go. There Say we go. hi. Look at the so, camera. Look at the Say camera. Hi. Say hello, Gordon. Uh, <laughs> hello, Gordon. <laughs> so that's the total sum of uh, South African MVPs. The rest of the shot. people that haven't showed up, we don't care. You are all losers. There was something on the Skype group, chopped liver. Chopped liver. Yeah. <laughs> we even got our own jackets, yeah. courtesy of Alistair. Yeah. Well so Gordon, just a, just a bit about what you do. Uh, where are you from? Uh, what is it that got you into the space and, and all of those things? Yeah, so as Taylor mentioned, I'm also from Brooklyn. Um, so I've played around a bit with TFS before I joined Brooklyn. Um, and basically when I went to TFS, uh, obviously, looking at it for a little while before second, uh, I really sort of fell in love with the idea of not doing development but helping make development better. Um, and, and through that, I, I met uh, some guys at second who are part of a uh, program called the LM Rangers. Um, from chatting to them, I figured out that you can sort of get nominated in, into that program. So, um, so Tina. Uh, was one of the African Arm Rangers and had uh, nominated in the end. And then, yeah, I mean, the Rangers program is pretty cool. There's a lot of uh, projects that we do, sort of um, adoption blockers in the sort of Visual Studio uh, LM DevOps space. Um, so there's always opportunities to, to help out with stuff that has a pretty um, broad community reach. Um, yeah. Okay, and how's your how's your summit been? Yeah, summit's been awesome. Um, so this is every year I've come to summit, I've decided I'm going to do running in the morning. Um, every year I haven't done running. Um, <laughs> last year I almost did running, so last year I actually brought stuff with. And then, yeah, this year I'm actually doing running with the guys in the morning. All right. Um, last night was a bit of a late night, so the running this morning was rather painful. <laughs> So tonight I can do one or two things, either go to bed earlier or drink less. Um, uh, so I, drink I think less the real answer here is we're going to drink more. <laughs> yeah, or drink less carbs or more other non-carbs. Yeah. Um, yeah, drink vodka. Whiskey. Yeah. Whiskey, whiskey, whiskey. 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 Yeah, yeah, it's been awesome. Um, I really love summit. It's sort of the one time of the year I get to meet all the other, the other sort of I don't know, black minded is the right word to say, but sort of like all the other, other guys in the alien space um, from around the world. So it's sort of really interesting being in, a, in sessions with them because you have so many different cultures um, in, that, in those sessions. It's really eye opening. Um, it's not, I mean, doing stuff at work, it's generally, well, we have a Durban based, uh, one of the main companies in Durban. We, some of us really uh, speak with the guys in the other offices. So, Having sort of being at summit and interacting a lot with these guys from around the world, it helps a lot with understanding other cultures. I think it's quite cool. So, in closing, because uh, we were about to wrap up, the budding developers out there, uh, 
what advice tips can you give them i think the main thing is just enjoy it uh, have have passion about what you're doing um i think in in every scenario when you're chasing carrots it never works out um so yeah i mean i just try and enjoy whatever i'm doing um otherwise i mean what what what's really the purpose of doing it then And how do people get all of you on the interwebs and the Twitterotis? Um, if you go to Google and search Gordon Deeming, you should find my blog and Twitter and various other things. All right. Um, so we shouldn't bring it. Bring uh, doesn't like me that much. I'm not. I'm not on okay. a first name basis with Bing, so I don't land up on the first page. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I've got a weird sort of uh, character of. Of me, so I have the same sort of profile picture everywhere, so it should be really All easy right. to identify um, when you found the right me. Okay. Yeah. Okay, great. Thanks for, for taking time out of your busy schedule to click the buttons and the recordings. <laughs> Taylor, how do we get hold of you? Any top tips for the guys out there and the ladies out there who want to go down your same route that you've gone down? Um, yeah, just be awesome. Just do what you love. Be passionate about things and just carry on doing what you do. And, you know, you'll eventually get rewarded for it one way or another, whether it's in the MVP program. Redgate's also got programs as well. The Amazon, Amazon, They've Amazon's all got good. different Amazon programs. Emails. So it doesn't matter what you're passionate about. Just do it. You will eventually be recognized. Um, if you want to find me, I'm on Twitter, Tay B Gibb, T-A-Y-B-G-I-B-B. Otherwise, as with Gordon, you can just Google me or Bing me. Me and Bing seem to get along well. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and Tracy, uh, top tips for some... Uh, User adoption specialists, change management specialists, people that uh, are passionate about and that want to blog every day. Well, that's a, you know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that uh, it takes a lot of effort to blog every day, but I do, if, if, I mean, I started doing it to help people, but uh, I've helped myself most by doing it. I've, I've, I've never learned at this pace. And I think what's great as well, I think for anyone um, that, uh, that's, that's been in a consulting environment or um, or development or whichever it is, is that we tend to kind of only learn as fast as what clients expect from us. So if they want something new, you'll go and research it. And, and that's been really awesome for me with writing this blog every day is I've had to go and research every day because a lot of things have been changing. I couldn't blog what I knew. So um, I, I suggest to all my students as well is uh, at least blog your journey. It doesn't, you don't have to be an expert to blog then blog your journey into it. Blog your journey into understanding how Office works or what you've learned today, because it really is a great skill to have. And it's it's, it's so cool to share stuff out there. So People I think also give you great feedback. It so really if you, is. If you, if, even if you just blog your thoughts and they're on, People definitely jump in and give you the feedback, which is great. That's exactly it. And I always say that, guys, I don't for a moment say that I know everything. I'm always open to, to learning new things. And we all have different opinions about things. There's different ways of doing things. So for me, it's just been an amazing learning curve. And I'll, I'll definitely, I've got a um, another 100 days left. I've, I've done about oh, 255 well. days of the 365. And um, I'll definitely continue the chat. I think I'll take about two weeks off. And not vlog. <laughs> you sound um, like a marathon runner. Yeah, wow. I yeah, I'm just like two weeks not touch my computer. <laughs> but uh, but no, it's an amazing journey for anyone. Don't wait until you're an expert because you'll never be an expert. I mean, that's the thing that, that, that all of us know is that we learn every day. So don't wait until you're an expert or think until you have all the answers because that'll never ever happen. Don't wait until it's perfect because that doesn't happen either. 
things become perfect as you work on Says it, and it becomes better. <laughs> but uh, but it's true, guys. Don't uh, start today. Start writing articles. Start uh, blogging things because it's good for you as well. It's not just for people out there. And it's an amazing affirmation. It's such a cool thing to do and get confirmations for what you do and to get feedback from society. So yeah, pretty cool thing. Um, I'm uh, at Tracy VDS on Twitter, but you can also search search for me and you'll definitely find me out there. Okay, great. Martin, anything else from your side, mate? No, that's all good, hey? All right. So uh, I think we're wrapping up right now. Uh, Madeline, it's your, your spot. Uh, where can they find us on the interwebs? You can find us at twoguysinsharepoint.co.za um, and on Twitter at twoguyssharepoint. Facebook, you can search Two Guys in SharePoint and you'll find us. We're also on iTunes. You can search for Two Guys in SharePoint on any of your podcasting apps and you'll find us there. I'm at oddmodelin on Twitter, NL. I'm at Alistair Pugin. Uh, you can Google Bing, um, AltaVista, and use any web spider to find me. Chances are you will find me, so that's okay. Uh, I'm the only Alistair Pugin, and we're the only real MVPs from South Africa. The others are not real ones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. Well, we made the effort. Really... I will slate them. They'll, they'll all hate me. It's okay. Um, oh, they all hate you already. But, yeah. some of the, but uh, strangely enough, some of the other MVPs actually came out for the sequel, uh, the past summit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And some are actually going to Bulgaria for the MVP thing. Yeah. No, 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 the VMware. It's the VMware, having some VMware uh, workload thing. I know Jody's off Yeah, I know Jody's off to that. He's oh. been chatting to me on Skype. But Matt, I don't know what the deal is with Matt. He just didn't he's busy it. making a game at the moment. So oh, I think okay, he's right. been pretty busy with his game. All right. I know Nick, he also just came back from the States last week. And Blank Man Nicholas Blank is actually in Hong Kong. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. That's that's a wrap from our side. Thank you, everyone, for being around with us. It's great to represent South Africa at the uh, summit in Bellevue in, in Seattle. It's been a great two days. We've got a couple of days left. And then hopefully we'll be able to get out of the country before they lock the doors. Yep. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much. Ciao, ciao. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Ciao. Ciao. Bye-bye.